Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. faces a choice this is battleground america here's tara servatius welcome to this edition of insane things that happened this week where we wrap up the week that was by talking only about the most insane things that happened and they've got to be things that we've never seen before that will change our country or the world Apparently, I'm not the only person who's noticed these things are going on. Here's Todd Pyro. He does the news every morning for Fox News. He said this this week. We've never seen this before, and I feel like we do stories like this every day now. We've never seen this before. Nope. Scary stuff. And now there's aliens in the news, too. Seriously. Yep, I know exactly how you feel, Todd. Let's get started. Insane thing number six. It's official. Democrats no longer support free speech, period. End of memo. They're done with the First Amendment. That was proved conclusively this week when every single Democrat Congress member voted against the Free Speech Protection Act. It simply barred all government employees by law from censoring social media, search engines, any digital platform, or using a third party to do it. It also barred all federal money from going to a third party to do the censorship or intimidating or communicating in any way with social media to censor the other party or anybody, really. And most importantly, it allowed Congress and the president to fire anybody in government who participates in censorship. That's it. Ten years ago, this would have been a slam dunk. Both parties agreed the First Amendment was a good thing. This vote proved that Republicans still do. They voted 219-4-0 against. That's absolute support for the First Amendment. Even the rhino squishes could agree on that. What about the Democrats? 206 of them voted no. Zero. Voted yes. What does it mean? They will absolutely crush the First Amendment the first time they get enough power, control of all three branches of government to do it. The bill now heads over to the Senate. We'll see if we can get it through there. But this vote serves as an ominous warning of where we are in this country. The Democrats are gunning for the First Amendment. And let me assure you, they get that. They're going to take the second one, too. That leads us to insane thing number five. Something we've never seen in America before, and I never thought we'd see in America. A group of Democrat senators led by socialist Bernie Sanders just wrote a letter to the Department of Injustice demanding the prosecution. Yes, 
criminal prosecution of climate change deniers. They want to imprison a specific group of climate change deniers, though, those who lead oil and natural gas companies. They want them prosecuted for saying things progressives don't like. What's interesting about this is they're using the exact same legal theory about disinformation that Trump's currently being criminally prosecuted under. If you say things they don't like, in Trump's case, that the election was fraudulent, or in oil executives' cases, that climate change science isn't real or credible, then you're committing the crime of disinformation. Well, wait a minute. There's no federal law against that. No. But there is against fraud. So what they're saying is, if you say things they don't like, that's fraud. As this brand new legal theory goes, if you're committing fraud and you do it in a group, then you're committing racketeering. That's right. Quote, they wrote in the letter, the actions of ExxonMobil, Shell, and potential, potentially other fossil fuel companies represent a clear violation of federal racketeering laws, truth in advertising laws, consumer protection laws, and potentially other laws. This terrifying new legal theory could be applied to virtually anyone who says virtually anything the Democrats don't like. And here's the thing. Yeah, Supreme Court will probably throw this out if we can hold on to the Supreme Court and none of the elderly justices pass away with Joe Biden in office. That's a lot of ifs. Because if that happens, then they'll just remake the Supreme Court the next time they get a majority in the Senate. They'll just pack it and make it more like a legislature, letting them do whatever they want. But in the meantime, even though this is obviously unconstitutional, it'll still chill speech because who wants to spend millions of dollars fighting the Department of Injustice? They'll just shut up. That leads us to insane thing number four. Insane thing number four shows us why we needed insane thing number five, this idea that we're going to criminally prosecute power providers and energy executives for denying climate change because those energy executives have begun to scream bloody murder. They're just trying to warn us. All of these new power regs that Joe Biden has scheduled now to take effect by 2030 are going to literally shut down huge swaths of the grid. I've been warning about this for a while. We're talking a potential of 60% of our power literally gone off limits by 2030 worst case scenario and i'm glad for the courage of these energy provider executives who've come out and sounded the alarm this is why the democrats need to silence them because this is an inconvenient truth like what lanny nichols said he's the executive vice president and chief operating officer of southwest power pool a regional transmission organization serving 14 states across the central u.s from south dakota to louisiana and he tried to warn them this week. In fact, the headline in the Washington Times reads, power providers beg Biden for fossil fuels. Say renewable energy alone can't keep the grid reliable. And what they're saying, these are three big energy providers that cover the grid for almost the entire country, is that we cannot provide power if we keep shutting down coal and natural gas plants that make up 60% of our power supply before we can replace them with other forms of fuel. That would seem to be logical. But the big secret here is that solar and wind cannot replace yet technologically these other more reliable forms of energy. 
And that's why two other major regional electricity providers, PJM Interconnection and Tri-State Generation and Transmission, said the same thing in tandem this week. I would stress the need for a balanced portfolio. You need wind, you do need solar, but you do need something to back it up, said Tri-State Chief Operating Officer Barry Ingold. You need something dispatchable. As we're taking coal plants offline, our challenge is going to be, can you build a gas plant that bridges the gap? Tri-State provides electricity to 42 utilities across the rural west. They serve customers in Colorado, Nebraska, New Mexico, and Wyoming. And what they're saying is, look, I mean, when wind and solar and hydropower only provide 20% of our electricity, we cannot shut down 60% and think we're going to keep the lights on. This sounds rational. It sounds logical. And they're literally saying, look, people are going to die. The lights are going to go out on the highways. The hospitals are going to shut down. Uh, Manufacturing is going to have to grind to a halt. Look, folks, the Democrats do not want you to know this until it's too late to do anything about it. Because what they actually want to do is insane thing number three this week. This headline from the Epoch Times. Energy industry fears White House will declare COVID-like climate emergency. Who says that? the U.S. Oil and Gas Association president, Tim Stewart. The U.S. Oil and Gas Association has been around since 1917, lobbying for the U.S. oil and gas industry in America. And President Tim Stewart is warning that it's very clear that the White House is preparing to do this. He says if you grant the president's emergency powers, which Stewart thinks he's going to try to seize with an executive order to declare a climate emergency, he says it's just like COVID. It'll give them, quote, vast and unchecked authority to shut down everything from communications to infrastructure. They can literally do exactly what they did in COVID. Mr. Stewart said, if you disagree with the climate emergency, you know, speech can be shut down. We really need to be paying attention to that because the power could be extended indefinitely until climate change, climate emergency is over. Who knows how long that would last? He said, you can see this. They're clearly getting ready to do this. Folks, they want the grid to crash, but they don't want a warning, as we saw with the last insane thing. They want to wander around dazed and confused, blame the energy providers who've now been silenced because they're afraid of criminal fraud charges, blame them, and then use that as part of the climate emergency to do what? To do what socialists, Marxists, and communists have always done since the time Marx wrote his book, Seize Means of Production. That's what Marx's manifesto was about. It's actually an interesting fact people don't realize. Marx wasn't a pure communist. In fact, he wanted capitalism and he wanted it to grow before Marxist then seized it and took it over. I bet you didn't know that. Well, this is that phase. They're marching along with their comrades as they always have. And the goal is to seize means of production most especially means of production of energy. It'll give them almost total control. This is why the deadline for everybody having EVs, where over 60% of Americans are supposed to buy an EV because the new fleet for sale must be over 60% EVs, is also scheduled for 2030. The almost exact date these energy executives are warning the lights are going to go out. Why? Because if you have an EV and you're dependent on them to charge it, guess what? They've got total control, including over your movements. Folks, all this stuff's going to come to the head 
by an by the end of the decade. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen. Or we could just win the presidency and reverse all of this. Better yet, the Senate and the House with it. Insane thing number two: the latest round of charges against Donald Trump, including the one where they're trying to kill him. Wait, what? Special Counsel Jack Smith's indictment on Tuesday for basically Trump saying things the left doesn't like about having the election stolen from him. Yeah, this is the first true disinformation case in this country. And one of the charges, 18 U.S.C. 241, called Conspiracy Against Rights, it has to do with January 6th. And it basically says that if you blocked somebody from exercising their rights, uh, then you could be guilty. Well, if somebody died in the commission of this, if a death results from the acts committed in violation of this section, you could be sentenced to death. Folks, they are so not messing around. Because if you try this in the D.C. court system, where 93% um, of the voter pool voted for Joe Biden, you're going to get a conviction. It doesn't matter what the law says. It doesn't matter what Trump did or didn't do. It will just sound like blah, blah, blah to the jury before they convict. Well, here's the thing. Would Jack Smith actually pursue the death penalty? There was a hint that he would. Because in his press conference on Tuesday, he went out of his way to mention that Ashley Babbitt, a Trump supporter, was shot and killed by the Capitol Police. That she died, he said, as a result of the Capitol riot on January 6th. Which would mean Trump would be eligible for the death penalty. Why are they doing this? Well, they hate Trump, obviously. But Chuck Todd on MSNBC laid it out perfectly this week. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When he pointed to the calendar and he said, I can't believe the Republicans haven't figured this out yet because the actual trial part of this starts almost immediately around the time Trump would be a nominee and it stretches all the way to the general election. In other words, they want Trump to be the nominee. They desperately need for Trump to be the nominee. They're not afraid of him. They've beaten him before. And they figure they know how to do it. And they figure they can do it again. If you look at the polling starting at around February when Alvin Bragg's first indictment came down in New York, something kind of staggering emerges. Trump was declining in the polls and Ron DeSantis was heading upward. Only 10 points separated them. Once the first indictment came down... Trump's polling went through the roof. Ron DeSantis's went in the other direction. If the left didn't want to run against Trump, they'd have stopped indicting him, but they kept going. And if you look at a year's worth of polling, you can see Trump shooting up through the stratosphere with every new indictment. What's even more remarkable? They're not even hiding it. You should see their media. Seriously, bop on over and take a look. The Associated Press gleefully and the joy just about leaped off the computer page this week, wrote that they expect this entire election not to be about the Democrats' economic record or even Joe Biden's economic record, but about whether Trump should go to jail. 
It's exactly what they want. Listen to Chuck Todd marvel that Republicans probably won't figure out he's going to spend most of the general election in court being tried and convicted. They're so certain it's going to go their way that they're not even hiding what the plan is. And they're counting on that we just don't watch their media. Listen. And by the way, I'm not saying this is what will happen. I'm saying this is what they think will happen. And they're so certain of it, they're not even hiding the plan anymore. Do you see anything changing the dynamic of this Republican primary where it is now, which is that the more indictments come in, the stronger Donald Trump gets? Not right now, Willie. I, I, you know, one of the things we're trying to focus people's attention to is what this calendar is starting to look like in the first six months of 2024. You, you get a set of primaries, then there'll be a court hearing, maybe the nomination is over, then we have some more court hearings, and that's what we know for now, and and this is before any new indictments that could come from Jack Smith or, or from what's going on in Atlanta. And Willie, that's the moment, I think, that all of a sudden Republicans are going to ask themselves, what are we doing? It is astonishing to me how many people I run into who haven't fully comprehended the fact that we're about to do this and and i think that when it becomes clear that that the public's uncomfortable with this it may be too late and he may already have the nomination certainly yep that's it that's it right there they desperately want to run against trump they have a whole plan for it they think this will work we'll see won't we and finally insane thing number one after all these years we finally found the russian bribery money I'll never forget midway through 2018 in the heat of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, namely the idea that Russia meddled in our election attempt to steal our democracy in a coup using the controlled and bribed candidate who they have had, of course, paid Donald Trump Um, in the middle of all of that media research center did a study and it showed that on average nightly CNN did about 60 percent of its broadcast on the Russia collusion hoax. They weren't admitting it was a hoax then. Most of the other networks ranged between 40 and 50% of their coverage. Astonishing in the rear view, given that it was all fake. But a lot of this coverage was dedicated to the idea that they needed to find the Russian bribery money. There were whole conspiracy theories around that that were reported as fact by the mainstream media. One of them was the absolute certainty that if somebody at the IRS would simply just release or leak the Trump tax returns, why there would be the Russian money. We could find it then. Well, somebody did illegally leak his tax returns. It wasn't there. And they had the whole Mueller commission, remember, taking a look at Donald Trump, forced the guy while searching for the Russian bribery money to turn over, using subpoenas, more than a million documents. And what did they conclude at the end, $30 million later? They couldn't find a single damn dime. Not given to Trump, not given to the Trump kids, nowhere, not even a dollar. And yet, incredibly, because of the power of this brainwashing, I still, this week, have had liberal trolls on my social media commenting uh, that Trump took the bribery money, Trump took the cash. For years, I've been doing the same thing with it. It's just fun. You may have seen me do it if you follow my social media. I always respond with the same thing. How much money did Trump take? Can you give me a dollar figure? No one's ever been able to do it. It's never been reported. And yet they believe because of the hours and hours and hours of brainwashing that has occurred. Well, this week, folks, after years of that, incredibly, 
unbelievably, we finally found the Russian bribery money. And it turns out the Biden family had it the whole time. Hunter Biden's best friend, Devin Archer, and partner in business testified behind closed doors with the Republicans. The transcript of that was just released. It's been reported before by the New York Post and the UK Daily Mail that a Russian oligarch close to Putin, Yelena Batarina, sent $3.5 million to the Bidens. But the mainstream media always came behind and reported, no, 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 it went to Devin Archer. Well, Devin Archer testified and he said, yeah, it went right in my account. And then I forwarded it to Hunter. Wow, that's kind of nuts because we've got Hunter's tax returns. Remember because of the baby mamas? Yep. Uh, they tried to seek child support, so we had to turn all that over. We know for a fact Hunter never reported that $3.5 million. And here's what else we learned from Devin Archer this week. That money, the $3.5 million in, yes, Russian bribes, was illegally transferred after Joe Biden, not Hunter Biden, Joe Biden had dinner with that oligarch in D.C. Folks, th- this is it. They only wish they had this on Donald Trump. Folks, remember how bad it got when Hillary Clinton's campaign paid a Russian to go meet with the Trumps at Trump Tower, talk, I don't know, adoption issues or something like that. Donald Trump Jr. uh, met with her for less than 15 minutes, was able to sniff out she wasn't for real and went on his way because he spoke to her at all. Just spoke to her. Nothing else. Just spoke to her. He was subpoenaed and forced to appear before Congress, remember, this is when the Republicans ran these committees. The Republicans did this. He was forced to submit to 12 hours of testimony for merely speaking to a Russian for less than 15 minutes. That in legal fees cost him $24,000. I can imagine what Trump spent on those more than a million documents. He was forced to turn over as they look for the Russian bribery cash, which shows you how serious the Russian bribery cash was considered to be. And this week, we learned from Devin Archer, the Bidens had it the whole time. Well, here's what's amazing. This Russian money has been in the UK Daily Mail and very well known. Rosemont Seneca took $40 million from Yelena Botterina. So it's actually much bigger than even Devin Archer admitted. There's actually a total of $100 million in Russian cash that ran through Rosemont Seneca in federal court papers, right? So here's the thing. If it's so serious that for merely talking to a Russian for less than 15 minutes, you have to testify before Congress for 12 hours, why has Hunter Biden never been called like Trump Jr. was? Why are we just now hearing from Devin Archer? Interesting question, right? And that just shows goes to show you the absolute grotesque double standard in Washington. And I mean, you got to laugh here, laugh here, because I can remember doing articles on my show about uh, about liberals who who literally are so freaked out because they think they're living through a Russian coup, right? An absolute assault on their democracy. They think they narrowly escaped rule by a Russian puppet in Donald Trump. They were actually seeking psychological help because they couldn't take the pressure. I mean, understandably, if I lived through a coup like that, it would scare me. But the thing is, we did. And we are under a Russian-owned asset. His name is Joe Biden. And, well, I'd say he's at the White House, but he's on vacation again. And nobody on the left seems to care. That's what's so amazing. They just don't care. All of their lives have been exposed. We found the Russian cash. So I just want to point out, folks, after three years of this, and, and, and the media got so desperate to find the Russian cash, at one point, 
Uh, Rachel Maddow uh, even suggested, and a lot of the rest of them picked it up, that the Russian cash that was given uh, to Donald Trump must have actually passed hands in the 90s when he did a condo deal that involved Russian investors who somehow knew he'd be president in 2016. I don't know. It's cray-cray. But these people are nuts. They really really need to be medicated. Uh, Maybe even straight-jacketed. But they ran with that for a while. But that must be where the Russian cash was. Again, it's remarkable that we found it this week and that none of these people can. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.